0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. CTMobile.com.
2: KNC Masterpiece right here on 1053 The Fan. I'm very
1: superstitious about this.
2: <laughs> the thing that we can do in Vegas that players can't. And also, what's the best thing to do in Vegas? Now, the very first answer I saw. Vegas, question mark, to be quote unquote escorted around <laughs> your hotel room. <laughs> best thing ever. I have a feeling we're gonna get a lot of answers like that. Also wanna hear from the Twitch and the YouTube. But real quick, Corey. Mm-hmm. Has another personal life thing I believe he wants to bring to the table, if I'm not mistaken about I this. I always
1: text Adrian before we take off on flights. Whenever we leave to Vegas and whenever we fly back, I always text Adrian and say, tell my boys I love them. They're the most important thing in the world. Tell Lucy I love her and give them all a hug for me. And I love you to the moon and back. I don't know why I have always done this. Because if you love somebody to the moon... They can always defeat you with "I love you to the moon and back," right? Like "I love you as tall as this tree." Is I love you as tall as point. the tree and as deep as the roots. Ha, gotcha beat. So infinity I infinity al- plus one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or infinity times infinity. So I always you don't have a thing. You don't do anything like that. Where before you fly, I just want them to know what if something happens on the flight, Kevin? What if what if a big rainstorm grabs the airplane and spins Man. it in a circle and we fly all over the place and then. I don't make it back. I and they're like, he didn't even tell us he loved him. He loved us.
2: I I always do that. Okay, now I feel kind of bad because I only reach out if there's like a delay or something's wrong. So, but look, that's how that shouldn't surprise you. That's how I am as a human. I don't need status updates. If somebody tells me their plane is gonna land at 1215, I don't need to hear from them at 10 o'clock, and be like, get ready to take off. That's just not me as a human. That's not who I am, and so because of that, I don't do that for people in my life. Maybe I need to ask them if they would like that. And maybe Jess would be like, "Yes, I always want. I only tell her if there's a delay, if it will change the time that I will text her when we land." Alec,
1: do you when you do you find some? Do you have somebody that you're like? I got to let them know that I that I love them before I go on this airplane.
3: Uh, my dad would probably kill me if I didn't do it there, you know, so I, that one feels forced, you know, I, I'm just chilling. I'm like, I've done this before. I'm going to be, you know, in Orlando in two and a half hours. I'll be okay. Wow. Like, I don't really think about it like
1: that. Okay. And see, I'm just terrified that that's going to be the, my last words. You know, if I didn't, Kevin, when we leave here on Monday, mm-hmm. we're uh, heading to the airport. I haven't seen the family since early that morning. They need to know I love them. You know, they need to know again before I take off on an airplane.
2: See, yeah, I'll tell them in the car, <laughs> but I, I get what you're saying. I'll ask wow. Jess wow. how she feels about that, and she might be like, that's all I've ever wanted out of this marriage. And I'll be like, oh, dip. But I'll, I'll ask her. For on, sure. on
1: the 214. No, because we haven't been back to the moon since the 60, 60s. So saying I love you to the moon is good enough. See, okay, look. I don't want this to devolve into
2: a different <laughs> thing. But that that just describes me as a person. Whenever somebody's like, I'm going to give it 110%. I'm like, that's stupid. The scale is to 100%. Or somebody's like, how do you feel at a 1 out of 10? I'm at 11. And I'm like, great. I'm a 642. That's stupid. The scale is capped at
1: 10. But what do you think? Hold on. But what do you think about 200%? No, that's dumb. You can see a 200% increase in something.
2: Yeah, in economics and mathematical changes, I agree. Okay, but you would describe it as such. You wouldn't say on a scale of 1 to 100, we increased 200%. That makes no sense. Is that scale is infinite? How much you can increase
1: from the two one four? But what's in infinite infinite times infinity? But what's the point? You're far more likely to die every time you get in a car than on a plane. And so you're right. Now every time I get in the car, I need to text my family a a text something along the lines of "I love you guys so much. I'm about to drive to DFW."
2: No. That is is inaccurate. No one's dying. No, that is inaccurate. (laughs) People die. The phrasing goes, you're more likely to die in a car accident than you are a plane accident because of the frequency of which you're driving. It's not a one versus one comparison. It's not like you're like, I fly in a plane as often as I drive in a car. That is untrue. If you take the totality of it, yes, but No. The odds are not, I do not believe that that is correct.
1: From the 214,
2: Kevin is the
1: scale Catboy. <laughs>
2: <They're saying that. laughs> Yo, yeah. On a scale of cat, me to Catboy, what percentage do I think we're really going to go all in? We'll get into that in a little bit, but guess what? It's not very high. But I'm not going to tell you on a scale of 1 to 100, it's a negative 4. That makes no sense. Okay. Just say a 1. Or 100. Now. And 10. The players can't gamble in Vegas. I, I don't remember the question. The point of this was going to be that the players can't gamble in Vegas. Now, somebody asked this question in the last segment. Do I think it's odd, if not hypocritical, that the NFL can create all kinds of gambling agreements and sponsorships while the players can't gamble or else they'll get suspended? Yes. Yes, I do. Unfortunately, that is the way not just the NFL but corporate America works. But you're right. That is very shady.
1: And Kevin, I know they can't gamble. Can't they? Can't even go into the sports book, can correct. they? Correct. Like they can't even step foot into a sports book. So walking around, I, you've been to the MGM Grand, correct? Remember when we were there? And like it's an area. I wonder what the line is of like. Do I have to go past this pillar, and now I'm in the sports book or a Caesar's or whatever. Like, it's just an area sometimes. Not all of them are completely blocked off that way. So, it is a wild thing that they can't even go into the sports book, let alone gamble.
2: I will tell you, I guess I don't know this for a fact, but I hope there's not somebody with a walkie-talkie standing out like what the theoretical border is. And they're like, Odell Beckham has entered the sports book. Like, I hope that's not the case. They would have to, like, actually sit down, look like they're considering a wager, and not that they just walked in there for a second and was like, whoop. I'm not supposed to be here. I would hope. But then again, it's the NFL. Who the hell
1: knows? And and we you know we have been also forewarned to if you're gonna get a phone call while you're in the sports book, get out of there. You know, just just walk out of the sports book and take your phone call elsewhere because they look at they keep eyes on stuff like that too. So it is good to know those kinds of things so that we're not just sitting there on the phone with our wives, you know, and then they're like the pit boss comes over and is like, oh, You gotta go. And then my kneecaps are gone because Dan Campbell did them off.
2: <laughs> Oh my gosh from the from the 214 are you saying you're going to make bets for players no Ooh. well you know what actually that's not true are oh, you hold on. no no that's not true at all are you a member of the Philadelphia Eagles are you a member of the Houston Astros yes Contact me. I will gladly make a bet on your behalf. I don't know, guess what? Man. I ain't violating any rules, but you're going to get in trouble. Are you so, gonna, yes.
1: Will you turn them in?
2: Hell yeah, I will.
1: You won't get in any trouble for placing the bet. That's right. Right?
2: I'm not employed by the NFL. I can but, do whatever the hell and legally, I want. And
1: that's legal, right? Yes. To place a bet for yes. somebody else?
2: Interesting. Yes, you can. Uh, look. I am not governed by the rules of the NFL. However, the Eagles players are. Or you look, you can go on down the line. If, you, if you're if you a Vegas Golden Knight player and you want to reach out to me to help you place a bet at the casino in the city where you mostly live, okay, I will look into that. Absolutely. The Nuggets, the Timberwolves, like whatever. Opposing the, the well, maybe not the Spurs this year. But yes, I will gladly help but then I'm going to turn you
1: But they can engage in legal gambling on personal time while traveling for league or club events, but they can't place bets like
2: on their sport. Okay. Not on NFL football. And even that I dispute, and I think the NFL describes that in a somewhat murky way. In your personal time, as long as you're not involved in something that is run by the league. So let's say... You just hang out at the team facility because your house is getting remodeled or something. I don't know. It caught
1: on fire yeah. and now, yeah.
2: Well, yes, Tyreek, that could happen. Is let's just say, so you're gonna just be all day at the team facility, but the season's over or you're not doing anything team related that day. That's your free time. You cannot gamble at the team facility. That is a violation. Mm-hmm. You cannot call somebody and have them gamble on your behalf. That is a violation, which has you potentially getting suspended that's why eagles players give me a call i'll help facilitate <laughs> that for you is so yeah even on your free time you can't be at the team facility or else suspension
1: and i re, i did reread potential you can step into a sports book as a player as long as it's to get to another part of the of the place okay
2: so if you, you have to travel through off. yeah
1: yeah and sometimes that is the case you have to walk through one to get somewhere or something that, like that. That so. would
2: be a very oddly arbitrary rules like well guess we have to leave and go the entire other <laughs> way just to get to the spot that's 15 you feet accidentally away. You
1: walked into there you're you're out of the NFL for this yeah, year. Yeah.
0: That
2: that feels like that's too much. I was
1: I was kind of talking I was talking a little bit with uh with Mike yesterday about that cuz my interest whenever I was younger and like uh, in my 20s I went to Vegas, I had interests of, all right, I want to experience Vegas in this way, Right, you know, and I'm taking this much money. I'm willing to lose this much money and let's have some fun while we're at it. And I experienced the highs and lows of it. And we partied all night and went all night. But Kevin, we do have to get up at 645, at least earlier than 645 in the morning. And I know it's Sean and RJ bad. like that's a struggle for You'll
2: them. S- probably still be on Central Time in your mind.
1: The uh, and, but so I'm not really gonna. I don't know if I can go hard like I did uh, even bo- last year. I went a little harder in uh, in Arizona last year than I think I'm gonna go this year. But I do want to experience some things. I will walk around Vegas, see the sights, see what's new, and I'm probably interested in going to a sports book. Mike was like, yeah, get a few twenty dollar parlays. And just kind of see how that plays out for you. And, you know, maybe you win. Maybe you hit. Maybe it's fun. I asked Broadus. I was like, what's your plan? And he was like, I might, you know, do some. I might watch some horse betting, some stuff like that. And he loves horse. He loves horse betting. Like, it's something he enjoys studying. And so I was kind of curious, like, are you planning
2: on hitting the blackjack table? Is that a plan of yours? Man, I really, because it's only the second time I've ever been to Vegas, I really enjoyed hanging out at the sportsbook. It was fun. Because of all the specialized bets you can make. You know how we'll do, like, theoretical prop bets that usually you can only engage in at the Super Bowl level? Well, not in Vegas. Yeah. If you want to bet on what you think the first quarter spread will be or what the over-under will be for half you can absolutely get in on that for whatever game is going and they have enough TVs that they're like hey don't just think about your traditional north american sports we got sports from everywhere and so that that oh, they was they do have sports from everywhere that was super super fun for me yeah and that,
1: that's kind of where i kind of see my day kind of landing i have gotten been very lucky that a number of tolos have already messaged me on twitter with like links to their favorite places like they've even pinned some of the places that they like to go to, or restaurants, bars, little dives to go hang out at. So I have a lot of... I don't know if I can see all of them, but I don't have my kids and family with me, so I do have time after the show to go do some things and experience some things.
2: We might have a big implication for the Cowboys. We talked with Ross Tucker earlier. He said Mike McDonald probably out the door. He is, in fact... going to the Seahawks. So that was a spot that...
1: The guy who wrote the, you have a friend in me? I I don't. As their head coach, and that would be, be Dan Quinn would only have the commander's job uh, as his option then if Mike McDonald's going to be in Seattle.
2: And they are meeting with him, or he did meet with them again, but that's another one. And remember, right after the season ended, we had the discussion about Dan Quinn would be back, or at least that is the information we were given as the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator if nothing changed. Well, Mike McDonald going to the Seahawks, who... For a while, Dan Quinn had been the betting favorite to take that job, even in the offseason after the playoff debacle. Because
1: of familiarity with the, with them yes. as a team. And, you know, he built the Legion of Boom uh,
2: while he was there and put them in the, on the map there. And now that leaves just the commanders. And so that puts even more emphasis on Ben Johnson piecing out on them because maybe that clears more space for Dan Quinn to be a realistic candidate. Because, look, I know first interview, second interview, that's great. It feels like everybody knew that the commanders wanted Ben Johnson or he was, like, their favorite by a pretty wide margin. Well, now that's changed, and that's the only job left, and it looks like you're moving closer and closer to Dan Quinn coming back to be the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, which used to be a slam dunk. We were all pumped. I do not know if it feels that way
1: anymore. Wow. Yeah, man. This is this is very – and I do wonder what the – what is the holdup from these other teams on Dan Quinn, if that's the case? Is it Like because, if he doesn't get a job Is again? it because of the Green Bay game? Is it because of what happened there? Is it the, – is the asking price too much? Uh, but, I, listen, I'm a fan of continuity.
0: Uh, I –
1: I'm also a fan of adding talent so if I'm Dan Quinn look let's retool this let's make sure we have the talent on the defensive side I'll call the plays and maybe don't go away from something that you're really good at Uh, just you know maybe you can stick with what you're good at. I don't know but make sure you have the talent if if he's gonna be back we'll have to keep an eye on what happens with this commander's job do you want to face him twice a year I think it's a cool storyline yes it is a cool storyline
2: We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we'll talk more about that, but also the Cowboys say they're going all in. What does that really look like and how to create more than $50 million of salary cap space? Yes, it can be done. I did it. So we'll talk about that next right here in The Fan. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. In case you missed the news, Mike McDonald is going to be leaving the Ravens and take over as the Seahawks head coach. So lock it in, which leaves only the commanders as the open head coaching position out there on the market, which obviously dwindles the opportunities for Dan Quinn, whereas somebody texted in, wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. Does that mean Bill Belichick is really not going to coach this year? Yes. Yes. It does well,
1: and I think one of Bill Belichick's like main approaches is the organization first, like how it, how it works and everything, which is isn't that kind of part of the discussion of he loves the New York Giants, right? Uh, he, yes. he that documentary the two Bills that is a good one. He just looked like he just was like, I can't, I don't know why I ever left this place, but at, right now the organization's in disarray, and he would probably look at that and be like, mm, Do I really want to be there? Uh, am I going to be the factor? I don't think he would look at Washington and say that's a place for him. So, yeah, it would end up that he would have to probably sit out the season and then see how free agency goes next year. So, or maybe midway through a season take over a team.
2: Man, that.
1: Who hasn't responded to their coach after three 12 and five seasons.
2: Oh, my gosh. I was going to say that would be odd. But now that you have a very specific target in mind. Well, you know what? Let's go to Jerry Jones because he does not think it's a big deal that they lost in the playoffs early three straight years. Or at least the one part about this I'm concerned about is what it makes it sound like. Cut
4: three, please. What I would say is, I hope it's not different going into uh, the first playoff game where we've got the second seed. I hope it's not different at all where we got the second seed. Now let's talk about how we might make it different against the, when we play in that game and and uh, get a win, okay, we need to stop the run better, and we need to uh, uh, be more uh, physical, and we need to run better. Be specific. We need uh, to do those kinds, uh, those kinds of things. And so my point is, I look at that, and I look at. Uh, uh, I thought we made a pretty good move four years ago when we hired Michael Carter. And he's had some great uh, in-season success. Now, he's come up short three times. Three mm-hmm. times and advanced us in the playoff. Okay? But I like the fact that he's hanging around the rim. And I like what the team has done to, fa- to hang around the rim.
1: And okay. I'll, I'll be honest, he didn't say anything there that I disagreed with
2: oh i I have a huge issue with the last part.
1: okay. the and and I understand that the I also understand Jerry is coming from a place where he's had and on his on his own fault coaches that couldn't even get across the 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 court. And he's like, look, we we went through seasons where we would be there, and then the next year we're eight and eight. And then we would be there, and then two years in a row we're eight and eight. 3 years in a row this guy has gotten us to a place right where only what it feels like 15 teams but only 7 teams get opportunities to play for the playoffs each year on on in the NFC. In the NFC yeah. And so he's like we're there. We got to get to that next place. And he does it sounds like he doesn't believe that changing the head coach is the way to do that. Like and, and now I agree with the first uh, you know, the first part of what he said. I agree with him, what he said about being in that game and how they need to be more physical, better at stopping the run and better at being at running. And I also agree with wanting more success. I I, I agree with those three things.
2: I I guess the issue that I have is, and everybody probably interprets it their own way. So I'm not saying like you didn't understand the point of that at all. I'm just telling you my interpretation of it is, the Cowboys have a longer losing streak in the divisional round than any team in the history of football. And it is currently ongoing. And I don't care about being near the rim anymore if you're going to miss or it's going to be rejected. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not slamming this thing home, I don't give a crap if we're close to the rim. But plenty of people, I'm sure, feel differently.
1: And and uh, again, my my feeling is... Being near the rim gives you better a better opportunity. It gives you more chances to do it where whereas it sounds like you're like, no, I'd rather be a one win team and maybe a million percent. maybe get back to it in the next ten years a million percent.
2: With one one run because I know this strategy doesn't work because at least for this specific team. It works for other teams, interestingly enough. But for this organization, being close to the rim, it doesn't work for them. Like I, It just doesn't. And so, but that's irrelevant because the Cowboys aren't doing that, right? Like, my thoughts about tear it down, start over, irrelevant. Because that's not what the Cowboys are doing. So, I decided to go down the path of what they said they are going to do, right? Yep. All right. So, let's go to cut number four. And this is Jerry. There's more to it. But this is Jerry talking about, hey, we're going to go all in. And
4: we'll focus on that on the other side of this cut. I would anticipate with looking ahead at our key contracts that we'd like to address, we'll be all in. I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. So when you say is there any thought uh, I think we'll strain or uh, we'll, we'll push the hell out of it.
1: Can you can you play that replay that one more time for me because I, I need to rehear the
4: first part of that. I would anticipate with looking ahead at our key, contracts that we'd like to address. We'll be all in. I would anticipate we'll be all in at the end of this year. So when you say, is there any thought? Uh, I think we'll Strainer uh, We'll, we'll push the hell out of it.
1: Strainer is where he, and he stops. That's right. Uh, but what he's talking about is we're going all in on the contracts for, for Dak, yep. Micah, and CD lamb. Now I do believe in the Micah conversation, that's another conversation where they can push that off. Push it off.
2: Yes, they can. Uh, but
1: he wasn't saying we're going all in and getting all the free agents. We're going all in, and we're gonna we're gonna make all the trade moves to get us better draft uh, situation. We're gonna be at the top of the draft uh, the draft rotation rather than bottom. Well, that's that's because, not what I heard there.
2: That's because I think they don't know how to do it. So I decided to help out okay. with that. All right, because he did say he... No, that, that is true. But he did also say we're not going to be looking as much down the road at the future. Okay. All right, when we plan ahead. So with that in mind, let's take a look at what's in front of you. Is The Cowboys are about 19.7. Let's just say I'll round some of these numbers. Cowboys are about $20 million over the salary cap. That's not good. Twenty. $20 million M. over. Now. The easiest thing to do if you want to create money is, of course, re-sign Dak Prescott because then you can lower that number. But let's say you're not going to re-sign Dak Prescott. As we brought this up, and thank you very much to Michael Gelkin for backing us up, you can add voidable years to Dak's deal and save about $18.5 million. All right? I'm still above the
1: salary cap, but I'm getting closer. So about $2 million over the salary cap? is that one the and point? a half. One yep, and All yep. All
2: right. All right, next, we'll talk with Zach Martin, make sure he's going to keep playing. Now, this is a big assumption here, but assuming that Zach Martin is going to keep playing, you go to him and Trayvon Diggs, or actually you don't even really need to go to them, you flip the switches on their contracts and save about $20 million. So now you have about $18.5 to $19 million of salary cap room. All right. I think the consensus is... We want to extend C D lamb. Yeah. You think that's a fair I do.
1: Okay. And that's the one player that I like out of all that I, let's keep that guy and do our
2: thing. And this is an issue that I've always had with the way that Jerry talks about things. You don't need that nineteen or twenty million dollars or nineteen million to extend C D lamb. Believe it or not, if you extend C D lamb, you save another about eleven million dollars because you can way lower that first year number. So you could save money by re-signing Dak, re-signing CD, but for the purposes of this, we kept Dak, added voidable years, and re-signed CD Lamb.
1: Okay, now you're at twenty nine and a half.
2: About that's right. Look at
1: me mathing over here. I'm impressed.
2: Post June first cut of Michael Gallup. Now I've seen differing numbers on here between seven and a half and nine and a half million dollars, but
1: let's go eight. Sure.
2: So how much do we have now, Corey? Whew, $37.5 million. $37.5 million. Next up, Terrence Steele, Demarcus Lawrence restructure. That'll get you $9.5 million. So what are we at now?
1: $46.5 million.
2: Okay. Or then, $47.
1: 47 Yeah. And I forgot then, to add the half.
2: <laughs> then you go to Brandon Cooks and Donovan Wilson. Same restructuring deal, you can save about seven and a half million dollars. What does that give us?
1: Um hey Kevin, can I ask you a question real yes. quick? Steel and who else was the other one on that? DeMarcus Lawrence. Lawrence. And you said with Cooks and Wilson, it's how much? Seven and a half? Seven and a half. That will give you fifty. 50- $54 million.
2: $54 million in salary cap space.
1: And you need at least $14 million for the offseason, uh, like during training camp.
2: We're going to change that philosophy as well that Stephen Jones told us. <laughs> We're going to change that philosophy okay. if we can convince them. All right. My point is this, is I, you can do all of these things but just know there's going to be repercussions to it. If Zach Martin retires, there could be huge repercussions to that. If you decide you're not going to keep Dak after this year, huge repercussions to that. Same thing with Terrence Steele, Demarcus Lawrence, Brandon Cooks, Donovan Wilson. Like, you, there is going to be hell to pay on some of all, these. All
1: this, it sounds like we're pushing money down you're the road here. We're pushing
2: all of the money down the road. But that's just all we went through was Dak. He doesn't get a new contract. Zach Martin, Trayvon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Terrence Steele, Demarcus Lawrence, Brandon Cooks, and Donovan Wilson. You've now got $54 million in salary cap space, give or take. And I took you from a minus 20 to a plus 54. Now, I realize some of that money will still be allocated for draft picks and everything like that. But my point is this. You have all of the money available if you really go all in and you really want to go get those big name free agents Derrick Henry by you can you can do that in a heartbeat if you want
1: Derek Henry's contract last year Kevin had him um cap hit wise this year it would have been four million dollars is voidable and two million dollars last year his cap hit was 16 million
2: and maybe he wants I don't know
1: salary was 10 so probably what he wants 12 a year for
2: yeah, maybe. Three he might. He might. I think he would do three for three. Okay. All right. I could be off about that. Or if you want to go Saquon or or you want to go grab Mike Evans, there are any number of directions that you could go. Do I think? Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. I got
1: I to gotta get better defense.
2: Okay. So we can talk about that as well. I'm not saying that going out and signing all the free agents will just fix what ails the Cowboys. But my point is, if you really wanted to go all in the money's there, it took what three minutes to explain how you can go from 20 million in the hole in the cap to $54 million plus. And then if you want to just give Dak a contract extension, Lordy, I can add another 10 million on the top of that pile. Mm -hmm. So the point is if you went all in and didn't worry about rollover salary cap, the repercussions in 2025, 26 and beyond, You have all of the money if that's what you think you need.
1: Okay. I mean,
2: if you're willing to sacrifice more future things, pick up a pick now. Yeah. If there's somebody in the first or second round, hell, even the third round, you're like, that guy can play on our defense now. Sacrifice a pick and maybe somebody from the year after.
1: You're looking at guys like Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard. I mean, he's high paid. Saquon Barkley, they're sitting there on the market, right? Yes. The, while Derrick Henry is 30, and we were told Cowboys don't like 30-year-old running backs, there are some other you guys. You draft a running back. That's you can, fine. You, you, like you were saying, like or like he said, we're not worried about the future so much down the road. So I don't know if it's short-term, high-end money deals that you rock out there and say that's the thing that we're going to nick. So we need to be more physical running the football. Okay. Th- th- those three names right there so are that'll get the running, job, that'll get the job done. running backs, if that's something that you're interested in.
2: And... Maybe you're like, hey, I need to make sure that Tyron Smith is coming back. Or maybe you're like, hey, I would be interested in going back and grabbing Connor Williams back. You can do that. Maybe you want Justin Matabuke. If you want to make that happen, you absolutely can. If your concern is it's a contract year wonder, you'll end up regretting that. Like, I hear all of that logic. But if you just want to do it totally different than the way the Cowboys really have, you can do all of those things. That's why I just don't love the phrasing because I don't believe that. The, I don't believe that they will do those things. The
1: This is interesting because I see some people that are like, "Look, I'd rather I'd rather go all in, real all in and get rid, and forget the salary cap." And I, Kevin, I think the other day whenever I said that, I was like, "You have permission." I said, remember I was like, "You have permission." If that's what you need from the fan base, That's what we desire. And I think Jerry's kind of in that when you're dealing with Steven, he just doesn't want to mess this thing up, right? He's trying to make sure the balance sheet stays good and, hey, look, we got our powder dry later down the road and I just don't want anything to fall apart as we're moving along here. It might take Jerry Jones to step in and say, go for it. Go for it. We do whatever it is, flip all the triggers. Let's see if we can get this thing uh, done this way. I mean, again, I think he sounds like he feels like he has a stable football program with coach Mike McCarthy as his head coach. That's what, what I feel is we actually have a football program under McCarthy, but does he have, have we said we're giving him every tool? He gave him a lot of tools last year, a lot yes. of tools. Did we give him enough? And I, it sounds like in my, in my feeling, they want to. They want to try that approach, but I don't know if it's for sure or not.
2: This question is really interesting. Sorry, I'm very fascinated by the finances of sports, and then with the Cowboys is, if you didn't extend Dak, would he request a trade? I don't believe that would be the case at all. First of all, he has a no trade clause, but he he would be a true free agent at a time where it feels like quarterback salaries just keep going up and up and up. So I don't think that that would be the case whatsoever and from the 214 Chris Jones is out there well okay I got more names for if you want Mm. defensively the Cowboys will never go all in or jeopardize the future don't take the bait but that's the thing I'm not taking this bait at all I'm just telling you if that was serious and you wanted to you can go get Justin Matabuke Sheldon Rankins and Patrick Queen you want to add them all to your defense you can do that no problem But you have to put in all of the legwork and not worry about the future. And you're right. If 2024 doesn't work, are you looking at potential shambles with your salary cap going forward? Yes, but hopefully you're able to work your way out of that, knowing that maybe you have a different quarterback that doesn't cost as much money. Just something to think about and look at.
1: There are a lot of linebacker names out there. I mean, a a ton of linebacker names that if you want to add... Uh, I know like I, I'm a Josie jewel fan. I was a Josie jewel fan back in the day. Uh, they'll look at that as a, you know, for in Denver, there's a lot of names that could be available that you could spend there. A few names that I see at defensive tackle that are interesting there. And this also is, am I shopping at the designer bin at Goodwill or am I just, uh, am I shopping at the premium Lamborghini spot? Am I shopping at platinum Chevrolet? You know, like, am I getting the best? Uh, yeah. And and that's that's kind of where I'm looking at these guys that are available in free agency in 2024, and seeing they were paid a lot of money, and not all of their teams are sitting there on Championship Sunday right now.
2: Yeah, and to people who are like free agency doesn't solve doesn't always solve what ails you, that's totally fair. And I just my point of all this is I don't you think can the, make the money yes, happen. yes, but I don't think the Cowboys will. The
1: other the other side of that, Kevin. Yesterday we looked at San Francisco's roster. That roster is not. Hey, we drafted our entire team. Sure, that draft that roster has. We traded. Christian McCaffrey is a
2: standout example. Free
1: agents. Yeah, draft. It's every. You have three kind of main ways of doing that. Uh, and it's and I guess waiver would be a way. And guys out of the sure out of uh, XFL or the UFL. I'm Which sorry, we my do apologies. seem
2: to do pretty well with that part.
1: And, but like using all three of those at your disposal. <laughs> And not saying, hey, you know what? We're gonna try and pinch a penny. They don't seem to do that with the draft as much, but they do try to pinch a penny in free agency. And that's where it's like, well, hold on, why don't you spend premium in free agency to get premium in return? That's where they were burned in the past, and and that doesn't. But I agree, and I understand that. It's just like in fantasy football, you probably won't draft. This guy, because he didn't do well last year, and then he breaks off a 1,300-yard season on you.
2: And there has to be some talent out there that you think can make a difference. If you don't think it's in free agency, that's where the draft comes into play. You go all in by sacrificing next year's number one pick. Mm -hmm. You can make something happen with that, and hopefully you see people that can make a difference. Hopefully, DeMarvion Overshone comes back and makes you feel a hell of a lot better about the linebacker position. I just wanted to lay that out there because – there are absolutely options. I think my definition of all-in and Jerry's definition of all-in are vastly different, and I think that's how you will see the next 12 months play out.
1: So your definition of all-in would be to buy it all. But that's Is that a real all-in?
2: Buy or draft it all. I, okay. I guess I would say it like this. Use every asset you have and use it now.
1: And you think the Cowboys' M.O. on that is just good enough?
2: I think their version of all-in is going to be, hey, we tried to get the Micah deal done. We got the C.D. Lamb extension done. We traded for a fourth-round pick. I think that's going to be their version of all-in. They're like, look at all the things we, kept we did. Our guys, and And our guys, which every team typically does anyway. A lot of times, teams keep their guys. And one of the examples of that is last year. Drove me crazy at the time. And We asked a follow-up question about this. We got up to the trade deadline and Stephen and Jerry both like we already made our big trades in Stefan Gilmore, and Brandon Cooks. No, you didn't. Those are your offseason trades. You're still allowed to do something else. And maybe that's going all in. Like maybe if let's just say this past season, like Chris Jones is like, oh, hey, Kansas City Chiefs aren't going anywhere. Well, that didn't work out and he was disgruntled. Well, then you can swoop in and make that deal. Yeah, you can be that team. At the trade deadline. Because you have
1: the money at your disposal. Exactly.
2: And I'm not saying it has to be these specific players. I just think we have very different definitions of all in. And this is, I think this is the new sales tactic. Because take a look at what just happened with Seattle. They have a coach, and ain't Dan Quinn. So what's probably going to happen? Your defensive coordinator is going to be back. Your de facto offensive coordinator and head coach, Mike McCarthy, are going to be back. Your quarterback is going to be back. You're selling the same product, so you need flashy new language to go with it. And that flashy new language here is all in. Mm. You're, and you're,
1: it sounds like they live a modest lifestyle so that they can also go stay at a three-star hotel.
3: Which is crazy. Instead of
1: saying, you know what? We're living a modest lifestyle so that at some point we can go get the five-star hotel and, and that's me be escorted all around.
2: Okay, not that last part, but I am chief about so many things for when the right opportunity comes along. It feels like the Cowboys right opportunity is, oh, that's sexy 2025 cap space. Mm-hmm. No! <laughs> no! That's not going all in. More savings. We're the KNC masterpiece right here on 105.3 the Fan right now. Let's say we move to an entirely different sport and an entirely different topic? Are you good with that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right. The Pacific Junior Hockey League. Now, don't change the station yet, because this has (laughs) us wondering, what is the worst teammate behavior you've ever displayed? Corey, can you walk us through this story? Because you directed me to this video, and it is astonishing how much this goalie's teammates do not care about him. Kevin, I absolutely
1: can do something to try and find that story in I my list. I can help in my if list.
2: You need I so. do
1: need a little bit of uh, a little bit of help on this.
2: All right. So Ethan Grishin choked a goalie essentially unconscious. I don't think they were just selling it when they fell down to the ice. In the midst of this video from British Columbia, nobody really helps the goalie. One of his teammates skates by and Pretends to throw like the soft-ass punch. But otherwise, everybody just hangs out, lets it happen. Even when Grishin goes full Nate Diaz and flexes with his other arm while he's choking this dude out, nobody comes to help. Is that a guillotine? Is that what you call it? The guillotine chokehold? It does look like that. Okay. And it was very effective. At first, I thought the goalie just like lowered his center of gravity so it wouldn't maybe be as bad but it looks like he got straight up choked out yes nobody did anything to help him out so a couple of questions first of all how much do people hate this one guy they must hate that goalie but also that's got to be the reason have you ever had terrible teammate behavior so it's a multi-tiered question right here for mike we know it's when he was in third grade and told the rest of the team they were fart heads and to catch the ball
1: that's a fact. He bullied all his teammates when he was playing baseball because he was like, I have a pro baseball dad. True, true, true. The, All right, first off, I think they probably hate the goalie because otherwise you, you're stepping in for somebody you care about. You're stepping in for one of your teammates. If one of your teammates is getting bodied by somebody, you're not just going to stand there and watch it happen. Now, you might get pulled aside. From other guy and have to fight a little bit, or maybe you just get thrown to the side. That's fine. But you at least attempt. You at least attempt to try and go help the guy out, unless you hate them. If you hate them, then you're just like, man, he deserves it. He shouldn't have said what he said today. That's what's that that's on him right there. The other part though, Kevin, is worse teammate situations. Yeah. When somebody else has some success and that person and the other teammate is out there trying to show how much success they have to. Okay. You know what? Like, I did something good. Hey, guys, don't forget about what I just did. We've worked with we've worked with people, Kevin, that just couldn't stand that attention was being directed at other people, and did more to push you down than help prop you up in those situations. So, like, that's like whenever you have success, prop up other people's successes too. That's an awesome teammate right there. Everybody, when you're happy for somebody else. Look at Alec, man. Alec goes out there and and does an awesome show on the weekends or at nights, whatever, whenever he does it. And what do we do? Do we come in here and we're like, ugh, don't listen to that show, or talk about how our not show on, is not on air? Yeah, but we're we try to prop him up because I want what's best for Alec, man. Uh, same
2: thing with Reggie. Yeah, you listen like that out right seven to eleven right here in the So family. kind
1: of you. Uh, and same thing, yes, yeah, same thing with Reggie. Uh, Reggie uh, spent has spent so much time with us. And the first thing we I retweet it and like that post every single night uh, if I can to make sure that people are listening to the night show because we've had a long history history of having great nighttime radio here at 105.3 The Fan live and local all the time I Damn, love it right. so like that's that's one of those those features is prop around, prop up other teammates don't just try to highlight yourself when other people are doing good things out there.
2: And maybe that's what led to him getting choked out. I don't know the inner workings of the Pacific Junior Hockey League in British Columbia, but maybe that's what this goalie did. So when that happened, all the teammates skated around, they're like, hey, let it go. (laughs) Or like, let it go for just a second. Man, that ref, I, I had to watch a video a couple of times to determine if that ref was just not really caring whatsoever but he got caught up breaking up other parts of, yeah, he got caught breaking up other parts of the fight. And then I thought he was, like, kind of trying to break up the hockey fight. But in reality, I watched him. He was, he's just smaller. He was trying to pry away the chokehold.
1: Now, let's uh, bring on the hockey hawk himself, as we've experienced that he's a big-time Whalers fan. Uh yeah, and know Nordiques fan, sure. too. And Nordiques what are your thoughts on this chokehold, and did they hate their teammate goalie?
3: Stick tab, boys. Thanks for letting me on. So a lot of their team was tied up with other fights, yes. but at the same time, I mean, you have to you have to go for a couple of reasons. One, this is a very low junior league. This is not like the Ontario League. This is not like the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. The, the prospects are not coming out of here. So this is basically, you know, not the best league, let's just say. It was like um, in
1: Letter Kenny, anybody out there that watches that show.
3: Yeah, there you go. So it was one of those things where you have to protect your goalie at all costs, and the goalie was not protected, and that's really bad. That's a bad room. That's not right. I mean, the coach should discipline as far as the player choking out of the league forever.
2: Oh wow. He's like, already been suspended twice this year. Yeah,
3: you can't They only get 13 games that we said. And it, it's well, to I'll the point to where there is at the beginning where the player's over to the side. But as soon as that referee comes in, you have to release. He did not release. Not only that, he boasted about it. Because that ref is trying He's to break trying it up. He's trying to break it up. We have to understand, refs can only do so much. And there is an understood rule in hockey that when the refs get involved, you have to break free. There's also a common courtesy involved in a fight when the other player is basically acknowledging that it's done, you have to let go. Those things never happen. Gone.
1: I do have a question about goalies. Yeah. How often do they need to get involved? Because one time I was watching, this was when Andy Moog was the Stars mm-hmm. uh, the stars goalie. There's a huge fight going on. I believe Darian Hatcher, middle ice, right there in the midst of it on the ground or on the ice. They're yeah. all still going at it. Both goalies right. go in, and I see Andy Moog take the puck and throw it into his webbing of his glove and smack a guy across the head. Should goalies do that all the time?
3: Yeah, goalies probably should not do that. I I would say that. I like that
1: move, though. Yeah.
3: um, But goalies can fight goalies. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Now, I did remember when I was covering the Texas Tornado, Ben Bishop actually was with the Tornado and dropped the mitts against a player, and I was shocked. That's awesome. I mean, that should be a rarity. Goalies can start the fight, but then someone has to come in, grab the player, and say, pick me. So that is the role of the player. So goalies should not – you know, they don't have the mobility. Yes, they have padding. But we have to understand it's the face that you're protecting.
1: All right. There you go. That's right there. Excellent on-the-spot insight.
2: <gasps> Hockey talk
1: and everything. We killed
2: it today. I missed the number. But the one guy who goes over there and just half acidly yeah. kind of throws a punch, a push, and then another guy skates up to him in slow motion – and they just kind of stand there and look like, yeah, I'm not going to do anything. And the other guy's like, me neither. And their goalie, two feet away, if even, is getting choked out.
3: The the whole brawl should have shifted to the right to protect the goalie.
2: There you go. And
3: it didn't, I mean, I would leave the bench even for suspend. I mean, you have to understand if you want to make another league or if you want to move up, that's actually, people will look at that. And that's something about hockey that you have to understand. Like your job is also to protect your teammates. And there is something of merit when you go in and you're protecting your teammates. People want that in the room.
1: Speaking of protecting teammates, Kevin has to get us to break. Otherwise, our boss is going to be really mad at
3: us. That's a good point. Can I get a quick plug in? (laughs) (laughs) Just don't come back in here when you see the top of the hour. I know, I know, I know. Uh, Spits and suds. And uh, Director of Player Personnel, Rich Peverly, joined us the other day for the Dallas Stars. Nice. It a, a really, really cool update on the players currently on the ice. Some of the guys in the minors gives his opinion and stuff like that. So just wanted to get that plug in for Spits & Suts. There you go. Download. Thanks, boys.
0: Listen. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.